Hello and welcome back to Oops More Anime, the podcast where I, Alan, from Chats, the television podcast, and Scanline Media discuss more anime with the anime aficionado themselves. It's Six. Hi, I'm, I'm Six Detmar. What's going on? Welcome. Welcome to the pod. I oh, thank have you. in my Thanks hand for me. a delicious glass of uh, beer. Mm. And I'm ready to discuss more additional anime. See, I... We require- we require additional anime. I, I always you you say like holding your hand or whatever, and I always think of from Clue. Each of you holds your hands a lethal weapon. That's that's from when that's from when Mister Body hands out the weapons. Oh yes 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 yes, yeah. yes. I can't even keep saying I need to rewatch Clue. I watched it like twice in a six month period, uh, and then I I just have a I don't retain a lot of things. Anyways. Additional anime, like additional Vespian gas. We're here to talk about more episodes, episode of <laughs> Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. She's still a witch and she's still from Mercury 6, right out the gate. I don't know if she's ever been take. more from Mercury. Um, I liked this episode less. Oh, uh, I, I might have narrative problems with this episode. Not Gundam narrative, but I have narrative problems. <laughs> I mean, I've always got episode. Gundam narrative problems. I do. I do be having Gundam narrative. So do women. Don't, I mean, the thing that makes us different from the rest of the world. In terms of... Sorry, go ahead. The thing that makes us different <laughs> from the rest of the world is what? I, I, I wasn't the one saying that. That was what you were saying. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was saying, though... I uh, the, Oh, actually, I was saying that. I'm sorry. I said the thing that makes us different from the rest of the world is that we have more Gundam Unicorn problems than Gundam narrative problems. That was the original Oops More NA was oh. being like, hey, this is more interesting, even if it's messier. Yes. This episode was also interesting, despite being messy. Uh, do you want to attempt to give us a brief summary? Sure, I can do that. So, okay. uh, we pick up immediately where we left off after the end of the duel. Um, and Mjorne makes the declaration like, okay, now you're my groom, and now you're the holder. Um, immediately, uh, security descends upon the duel, and they arrest uh, Suleta and Ariel for being a witch and a Gundam, respectively. Um, Mjorne herself is uh, removed from school by her father, and uh, he says he's going to arrange a marriage. He's sick of this shit. Um, as she is pissed off about this uh, she makes contact with a woman who was previously contracted to uh, help her escape apparently that was what happened at the beginning of the first episode as she was trying to make she was out in a normal suit trying to make contact with this woman to be taken to earth now it's her second to do it she takes it meanwhile uh, the uh, head of the company that manufactured Ariel a woman named Lady Prospera is summoned to report to the Benare group and uh, be interrogated about the mobile suit aerial. Uh, her response is that this is not a Gundam. This is a new machine built out of drone technology. She provides some evidence to the contrary and arg- arg- offers a pretty emotional argument about it. Uh, in these cells, uh, Suleta makes contact with Alon Serres. Dude, I don't have anything nice to say about from the dueling committee. 
then we go back to the uh, interrogation and now in comes uh, Miorine. She has decided that helping Suleta is more important than getting to Earth. And she manages to, alongside uh, Lady Prospera of, of this company, convince her father slash taunt her father into agreeing to a, another duel in order to settle whether or not Suleta will be, uh, you know, dispelled, expelled. There we go, expelled. And... Uh, Ariel scrapped. I should have written that in advance, but I still think I do better than Jen does on the spot. <laughs> wow. Well, you, don't, you don't have to roast your co-host like that, but sometimes it's fun. Yeah. <clears throat> As somebody who likes to roast my co-host. Anyways, uh, that was excellent. The truth is, uh, this is a Miorine-centric episode in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning more about her interiority, I didn't... I, I was kind of, like, getting frustrated with her. Uh, it feels like this escape is being handed to her, and also, like, we don't get we're not getting a ton of detail about like why she wants to escape other than like she hates her dad and she's unhappy with the regime that she's under but we don't have a lot of like her interiority in terms of why specifically this young girl wants to get away from her duties yeah i have a lot of logistical problems with this episode i think and that's that is a that is a line that i'm like i'm sure they're gonna get into it but i feel like um there is a thing that we, we, we get into with shows, right, where characters make decisions and they don't make sense to us and we say, well, I'm sure they'll explain them later. Um, sometimes they need to explain it as the action is occurring. Sometimes it's not enough to retroactively make an episode make sense. Exactly. Um, and so, I mean, we get the hints that Miorine has, like, wants to see Earth because apparently it was important to her mom or something, but that's that's kind of all we get on that. Um one of my notes here is that like, I guess people hate Miorine because they hate her dad. No one has offered any reason for why they're awful to her all the time. And I know teenagers can just be awful, but like usually they at least have an excuse and no one offers an excuse ever. They just are like shitheads to her with no justification all the time. Even though she's like, but I hate my dad too. And this episode is in a lot of ways about (laughs) hating your dad. Sure. Um, Yeah. But, like, yeah, but other people don't seem to understand that she she's not him. She, it's not just, like, her father's clone or whatever. She well, has, like, different th- feelings. Yeah, but, I mean, I think, I mean, the, like, is it because they hate her dad is conjecture on my part. Because, again, no one says that either. No one offers no, any right. reason, even invalid reasons. They're just, they're just, like, what if I was a catty bitch to this woman? <laughs> what if that was my personality was finding one specific person, f- like, chasing them down and being catty? It's like, okay, well, you're not... A real person. Well, I, I think when it comes to the rest of the school, the dislike from her comes from, like, these people's parents are telling them, hey, her she sucks because her dad sucks. You need to be mean to her, kind of. Like, what I started realizing in this episode was that a lot of these kids at the school are just being, we talked about this last week, but are, like, kind of being puppeted by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a great scene in the middle of this episode where uh, Jeturk, I don't remember his first name. Gwell. Uh, Gwell Jeturk gets yelled at by his father. And you realize that it's the classic, like, the bully is actually being, like, he's not treated well at home. And his dad is, like, disappointed in him for losing this fight. And he's like, you're wasting our money and our time and our position here at the school. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of this is, is guess what, guys? It's a Gundam show. Children are being manipulated by adults. Bing but I, mean, I think you've, you've put your finger on it, though, right? Which is, like, mm-hmm. we could have assumed that from the context we've had on his dad, right? And him being like, all right, well, my son's winning. I guess we can do this or whatever in the first episode. But it really helps to codify it and show it on screen. That scene was really good, even though it mostly showed things that we were pretty 
safely suspecting. Yeah. And right. so that's the, like, so show me a reason for them to hate her. Even if we can maybe guess it through conjecture, show it so we can have it confirmed. Cause right now they're, you know, yeah. Maybe it is just like a, she's a prissy rich girl that we just, we don't care about, but you're all prissy rich people. Yeah. Like, I mean what? like the way they look down on her is by being prissy and rich. So it gets weird, right? Like, it's not like she's the popular girl or she, like, gets the good grades. Like, yeah, she, you know, ha- is is important, in, like, po- politically because of her dad. But uh, her, specifically as a human herself, is not. There's nothing special about mm-hmm. her. Which I think is interesting as a, like, Gundam Deuteragonist is what makes you unique and worth putting on the poster of the show beyond your position politically. Well, she's spunky. She is spunky. She does be playing games on her phone. <laughs> Did you like that shot with the little mobile suit Gundam like shooty gotcha game? That was I cute. mostly just liked her chanting "die die 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 die" as she played, but in you know. in the bathroom, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> just in the bathroom stall playing her little phone game. Um, yeah, I think that the, like this episode succeeds or fails on how much you like or or you find Miorine's plot interesting, and and I agree, I'm not like super engaged with it because I think Soleta is like what brought me and kept me through the first episode mm-hmm. um and we just don't get enough of her there's like a scene briefly where another twink named i believe elon series uh comes up to her when she's in bed and it says like i'd like to learn more about you and like that doesn't get pulled anywhere but that's just reminding us that saletta is alive and doing things that um, so that there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but when you combine the way that was shot Right. That like sort of like the angles that were chosen for that Mm. and like the way they had them like so close together and so intimate. And then also like and also Suleta blushes at the end of it. And then also the start of this episode, literally the first line that wasn't in the previous episode is Miorne being like, but we're not really going to get married. I don't like you like that. It's like I was going to text you about that. (laughs) We're already backing away from the gay stuff and we're not. Right. Because like the ED is just like. Uh, one of the world's most unsubtle metaphors for like we're both prisoners of our parents' ambition, but together we can be free. Like, clearly what they're doing, but like, I don't, I don't know. Just I, I guess we're gonna have a phase of 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 asking whether or not you know the, we're not gonna have a will they won't they in a way that isn't interesting to me. Right. Yeah. Putting Miorne in the ED like in that the glass prism was the one where I was like seriously, seriously, and then at the end, Saleta and her are both in the prison together. Mm-hmm. There's like there's something like meta sim symbolically interesting about that like we're trapped inside of this but it's a it's a prison of our own making whatever and that that's like inherently romantic yes but to start the episode with like haha just kidding not actually gay is like we literally said this last week like everyone's saying oh, they finally made a homosexual Gundam show like what did you think was gonna happen what did you think they were gonna do dog yeah uh, I think that it's it they're gonna have to play the the will they won't they but like. I, I, I not only I don't even want to say I was disappointed. I'm not. I'm just not surprised. Yeah. No. I, I was, saw that and I was like, "Yep. Uh huh." It is not what I wanted to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, they're gonna, they're too chicken shit to just have a queer relationship being the center of the show for the whole time. So they're gonna play. They're gonna like play caddy with it. They're gonna will they won't they until the end where they're like, "Hey, actually, we were serious the whole time." And that'll be the nice. Yeah, exactly. That'll be the way that they don't have to actually show any queer intimacy on screen. That would make some you know fucking shitheads uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, I love making shitheads uncomfortable, honestly. It's great. It's great. It just, it felt too that Miorine, part of what like pushed me away from her this episode was the feeling that, is she really only doing this stuff with Soleta because she hates her dad and wants to escape? Like she's really only manipulating her. And obviously, like you said, they were revealed at the end that that's not necessarily what it's going to be. She wants her to come with her. 
but I spent the whole episode being like, okay, I guess, I guess she sucks. I guess this is a terrible thing to do. I mean, I don't mind that she kind of sucks, I guess. I mean, I think... Like my queer women suck. <laughs> I mean, she's a kid, and she's the only person here asking, yeah. acting like a high schooler, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Suleta is being a little too... Like, I, I like Suleta, but like as far as a convincing portrayal of a, of a teenager, she's handling this a little too well. And I say that despite yeah. her just, like, you know, breaking down and crying in the cell. But, like, <laughs> an adult would do that, too. Um, yes. Her, like, keeping her cool in the interrogation, relatively speaking. You know, getting scared, but not not breaking her line. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, as I said, Miorne, like, being pretty selfish is how teenagers are. And I guess I appreciated that. I think... I am open for this story being becoming partially about Miorne learning to be a good person because, hey, she hasn't had the world's best role model, which can we talk about Delling for a second? Please. We need to talk about Delling. Delling is terrible and not like, oh, what a terrible guy. Delling is terribly written. How so? So in the, in the uh, prologue, we see him mm-hmm. as a guy who gives this speech being like, I, like he's he is like a not a big deal at that point, right? He is part of the mobile suit committee, but he is clearly not the big the most like powerful person there. He's just the one with the loudest voice, and everyone else who can't make mm-hmm. up their minds just gives in. And apparently, in their intervening years, he has become the most powerful person in the galaxy, despite not being very smart, and also not any like. There's no example of him like. Like, okay, listen, plenty of people who are not very smart make their way to the top, right? That's the reality of the fucking world. But, like, if you look at them, Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's either because uh, it's one of two things, and usually it's it's both things. Either they came from money, or they are able to claim responsibility for a big breakthrough. They probably didn't make it themselves. They're just stealing someone else's work, but that's how this goes, right? Yeah. Uh, we haven't had it established that he came from money. Perhaps that's true. He definitely doesn't seem to have had any big breakthrough. They've even said basically in the time since he took over, they're losing marketplace share in the mobile suit manufacturing. Like, why is this guy suddenly, as he puts it, the king? Is there any reason for this besides we need an antagonist who's clearly a shithead? I think it's a couple things. I think for one, yeah, they, uh... Are pushing him because he's related to our main characters, and it makes the the stakes higher by making her dad important. And also, there is some aspect of like, if you just live long enough, you can kind of flub your way to the top and, and outlive all of your opponents, which seems a little bit like what Delling did. He didn't like he's not particularly good at being a fascist or whatever, but he is good at just sticking around and knowing when to talk and when to shut up. Hmm. But he's very controlling, so I do get that sense that might make him like. Not a good leader, but a strong leader eventually is like, if you can control your daughter like this, how do you control your workers? How do you control your constituents? Whatever. Um, what I want politically is not necessarily more development to like how Delling became powerful, but what is the state of the revolution? Um, because we do, like you said earlier in your summary, we met the woman who takes Mirene out of the bathroom cell and helps her start her escape. She's clearly um, a rebel. Yeah, and and I want I want to see more of them, and I'm sure like probably next episode we're gonna start seeing a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like one of our biggest problem, maybe I mentioned this in the first episode, but one of our biggest problems 
with like Universal Sentry Gundam is at first we don't know who the rebels are and then by the time we do we're like oh wait no i don't agree with you either oh god wait who's the good guys <laughs> and yeah. so i want to see you know i've been watching a lot of um andor on disney plus mm-hmm. which is like really fascinating and how and how it depicts the rebel alliance in star wars but now i'm like what is an early rebellion in a gundam universe look like before it's fully corporatized and has become its own fascist regime like a lot of the Federation is by the towards the back end of uh, UC. Mm-hmm. So I want to see more of that. Yeah. I, I really, really, that's like what I'm very curious about. It's like, what are the adults doing? Even though this is like a show about the kids. Because I don't know, like, you know, we predicted in that first pod too, like, is this going to be just the fights happening in the school? Because this season is only what, 25 episodes it's going to be? I think that's right. Yeah. Like, how much can they possibly squeeze into that? Are we going to get us right into space? Uh, and start doing like war conflict stuff or are we gonna like do a time jump i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of room for them to do weird things with with those kids but they're developing all the students as if they're gonna stay around i mean we see like all the mobile suits of the various kids in the op and i feel like this episode is like taking it out i feel like this episode is trying to bridge the gap between episode one and the prologue so they can go to a school battle anime they're trying to establish why delling would be okay with a school battle anime and they're being like no listen it's gonna be basically this testing for for ariel so they can gather data to to boost their fucking business whatever excuses we need to give so we can have our story and then it'll be suleta and mirine their relationship building more and more while Mm -hmm. they fight the other students that's that's what i want i think um that's that's the the utena vibes and that's why they're developing the setting of the school so much and like Mm -hmm. keeping all these characters around is you don't do that and then drop them and go somewhere else you do that and bring them around the other option is that you bring them all into space with us and it becomes like oh we take we take different sides and we decide like which faction we want to be on and we all fight each other but like that seems like a later season thing like a different season of the show if they chose to do that yeah but anyways you were saying speaking of things that feel like they're just doing them for the sake of like setting up the story Mm -hmm. the witch stuff is so half-baked i don't fully understand what a witch is even though it gets said like three or four times in this episode let's break it down shall we so based on knowledge from the prologue what happened was there was this company building this technology taking this medical technology and trying to adapt it for mobile suits the vanitas institute Yes, and, and Ox Earth, it's it's sort of the company that bought them out. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the rest of the capitalists were like, actually, we've decided this is evil. And Delling gives a speech about it, and he kills all of them and destroys their company in literally 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. All told, this whole thing has been 15 minutes of the world. For some reason, this is now the tip of everyone's tongue more than a decade later, all anyone can talk about is Gundams and witches. And it's like, what? Based on 15 minutes that didn't even affect them. They honestly were only aware of the speech. They didn't even see this place being hit by, like, fucking, you know, the secret police. Well, there was a lot of deaths on that space station, though, right? Like, that's in a, a like, life-changing incident for a lot of these people. Sure, but not I- not any of these people that are, like, involved in this, right? Like... They wiped out Ox Earth as as far as they know. They they're like there shouldn't be anyone left from that. Of course, it turns out Eldora and her kid escaped. Um, but like as far as they're aware, everyone involved with that was wiped out, and certainly anyone related to them is going to be blocked out of sp- spaces of power. So why the fuck 
do all of these people and their kids just be like, oh my God, it's a gun. Oh, it's a witch. witch. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. I sort of thought of it as like a 9-11. Like you talk about it and the kids don't have any like emotional reaction to it, but the parents are like, this changed everything for us. But okay, let's like, let's, let's say it is a 9-11, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In this world, 9-11 was a man going on camera and saying, this building is evil. So we blew it up and you never see any footage of the building and you never hear from anyone who was caught in it. No one would give a shit about 9-11. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's then more a question of like, what was the material cost of, of ending that program? Mm. Cause there was elements in the prologue and in the first episode of like, man, we almost had it. We have like, we, we, it's, it's kind of the government saying like, okay, technology can keep going as far as it needs to, but not in that direction. Like basically cutting off a prong of technology's advancement in this world. Cause we've seen robots. We've seen horrors. We've seen AI and the Gundam project was like, one more addition is like, oh, you know, we can really fix war and we can we can change the way wars are fought or change the way battles are fought. And they said, no, 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 no. We don't want to do any of that. But now wars are being fought with people again, probably, which mm-hmm. is not good. So people are like, oh, but what, maybe that was a good idea. I just think that the idea, the ideology of what the Gundam program or the Gund format, uh, what that meant is like still in the minds and hearts of pe- some people in this world. And who's to say, you know, we haven't seen enough of the show to, to tell if that's like what that is. But I agree that like the constant referencing of witches about an event that like happened m- many years ago is a little odd. Twelve mm-hmm. years ago. And, and like that's nine eleven in 2013. Sorry. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like there's like one of the things is you get there is a specific moment where they're having the conversation about whether or not it's a Gundam in, you know, the, the you know, the in- inquiry, right? And mm-hmm, Lady mm-hmm. Prospera, who's obviously Eldora, we don't need to, you know, there's nothing to go into that. Come She's on, guys. Um, Come on, guys. <laughs> um, yes. But she, like, she says, like, well, okay, this these are the signs that we have established proof something is using this format, and they're not here, so it's not using that format. And she's like, and the people on the council are like, that doesn't prove anything. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, Wait, what? What, are, what is this based on then? You're saying that it must be gun format based on the fact that this element you use had a had a spike. And it's like, it's impossible to imagine anything else would pull more energy. As I say, it just feels really half-baked. Like, I mean, like I think it's a clue. Stuff. It's 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 The point is that it's like, oh, it's probably a Gundam, but like... We could be wrong. Like, it's not enough to, to immediately shift your position, but it's enough to say, like, um, we should monitor this. I mean, it's its narrative purpose, but, like, yeah. taken as in-universe logic, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, yeah. her arguing, hey, we came up with a new technology, and everyone else saying that's impossible in a setting where yeah. technology <laughs> is constantly advancing. It's just like, what are, you, what are we talking about? What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like they have a place they want to get and they're taking a lot of shortcuts, right? They want to get back to the battle anime school. They want to get back to Utena as evidenced by the fact that we have a character named Chuatari Panlunch who gets called Choo Choo and she has Mickey Mouse <laughs> Illegal. hair. That was hilarious. I, I didn't, I didn't even catch the connection, yep. but now I'm watching scenes again and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah you yeah. can't just Choo Choo from Utena. Yeah. <laughs> as a girl. <laughs> 
It's a Gaijinka. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's a choo-choo from Utena Gaijinka. Well, and I think what makes uh, Utena also an effective like battle anime is they don't spend very much time exploring what's happening outside of the school. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about the politics or like the inciting event that led to them opening the school. But by referencing that in Witch from Mercury, I'm th- like, I want to just stay in the school. I believe that this anime is going to primarily be in the school. But like, do school stuff. Go to class. I, you know, like we're still getting all these like boardroom conversations and setting up the background of like Lady Prospera's bot robots and all that crap. And it's like, just be i need to be in the school if you want me to believe in these characters and find them interesting here then do things with them here like there was a scene very like very early in the episode before the prosper meeting i think uh where it was like all the students at the lunchroom talking about like earthians and spaceians mm-hmm. and that was yeah again where i was like oh this we did it we're getting there and they kind of got past it really fast see i hated that scene <laughs> who is the girl with the blue hair in that or person with the blue hair i don't know how gender works uh that's nico she's the girl who gave uh Suleta clearance to launch Ariel in the first, or no, to use the motorcycle to reach Ariel in the first episode. The like, the why are they cartoonishly leader? racist to her? That's the thing, right? Uh-huh. That is the thing. Is An where, Earthian like you should stay out of this. <laughs> it's just like the most like classic anime anime bigotry and racism, and that's the problem. I like for whatever problems you have with Gundams, like like Earthnoid versus Spacenoid, it was always more nuanced than just like like a mean dial on the back of someone's head and this like you know we've only gotten one shot at one scene of it really i mean not really we've had it in the background where people are just constantly saying like shut up earthian um but it's just so clumsy and uninteresting the way they're portraying it It is every like i have seen better more convincing portrayals of like what is effectively fantasy racism from like harem isekai ah like this is why i'm frustrated is it's like this show feels like what it's doing is it's taking utana and utana is a show where all of the battle stuff as we we talked about last time exists by stepping through this like physical manifestation of the concept of a metaphor right you walk through this door and now you're in the metaphor and so you're not going like wait why is the castle upside down it's a metaphor shut up but here they are very deliberately being like no we're not having them step through any veils all of this is real and we're going to talk about the political ramifications then you've got to be fucking smarter you just have to you can't it's it's dicey for for a gundam show to try and do a school anime and do a like politics big big picture story in the same show it's like pretty challenging Mm -hmm. and what it does for me is it just like i was saying earlier like i don't feel invested in this in any of the students and even in like suleta and mirina uh yet because like um we don't know how much the production of this show was like good or bad or how it's struggling in what ways but you know we talked last week about like oh the animation is like lacking in certain points that is that that's a bigger issue this episode where they will straight up like a lot of it is done through implication. A lot of, like, what's happening is is said, and you hear the sound effects, like, Soleta eating bread, or, like, they'll show her, like, opening bread but not eating it. And I know that, like, eating animations are hard, but, like, I need to understand that she's a person who eats. Like, you guys got to invest me in your characters more and show them doing more things. But a lot, there's just not a ton of, like, flashy animation in this episode, which also weirdly distanced me from it. It felt kind of, like, cold, so to speak. It definitely is, uh, a, is a colder episode. Yeah, I think... 
I don't I, I for me I don't think it was the the eating stuff though it is also weird that we had like literally the lunchroom scene where no one is eating. No um, one's eating. But it is like I do agree with you as far as like the it feeling like a colder episode and I think mm-hmm. like a lot of that I think is intentional because we're supposed to be caught up in the atmosphere of like these adults who are really cold and detached and shitty. But like yeah. then we're supposed to get the sense of like of the kids having a different, like it being different yes. for the kids, for the bullies to be putting on airs of coldness. And then for characters like N- Nico and Choo Choo to be like approaching it differently. And even then it feels like it's, it's viewed through this like blue cellophane filter because it just doesn't have yes. the, it doesn't have the energy. It doesn't have the warmth to convey this stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that we can get there. I like, I'm not ready to count this, this series out, obviously like, Utena has straight up like not boring episodes, but episodes that are just not. They didn't have to. They didn't animate a ton of stuff because they like you know put the budget in later parts into the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. So this episode doesn't need to be incredible. I think there was like brief moments where Miorne is like checking her phone and stuff, and like zero G jumping off of different pieces of furniture that I really found charming. Uh, again, the Gundam game like that was kind of nice, but I don't know. Otherwise, it's it's not a very flashy episode, and uh, it's it's almost funny in a meta context that. The last episode is like, all right, here's this like pretty short but exciting fight scene. You're going to see the second half of it in episode two. And then episode two, they're immediately like, dog, you are under arrest. You do not get to fight. No fight scene for you. And, you know, the part of me that wants to see a Gundam fight scene was like, wait, but, oh, okay. <laughs> I understand why you did this like narratively, but mm-hmm. I wanted to see that fight. And I hope we get a fight next episode. I mean, what was it? What were they going to fight? <laughs> Gwell was done. <laughs> He's done, Yin Ring. He was in well, 50 Well, did you pieces. watch the post credit scene? I did, yes. Okay, so... Um, I, I want to say just a quick, like, like finger wag, I guess, at the fandom for being like, oh, man, you better watch the post credit scene. It's like, okay, no. there's a new mobile suit. This doesn't, like... Like, I didn't, like... It wasn't like I regretted seeing it or anything, but it's like, this doesn't recontextualize anything, right? The the thing that recontextualized anything is then when they said the next episode was called Gwell's Pride. And it's like, oh, so Delon yeah. isn't going to fight himself. Got it. Right, exactly. Well, I, uh, I, I, on one hand, yeah, fandom, it's like the Marvel thing where people are like, this post-credit scene, is the, it sets up the next 10 years and it's like fucking, all they did was say, hey, what's up? I'm Doctor Strange. Like, that's not exciting. <laughs> that's not how excitement works. And, you know, if you're a Gundam fan, then, like, seeing the first red mobile suit should trigger something in your brain and make you go, oh, neat, that's, like, that's going to be something. But it's a red mobile suit. It flies through space in a training exercise, and it rips a couple of dudes in half with, like, a buzzsaw laser. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's all right. In terms of other, in, in terms of other like, Gundam imagery, I thought Lady Prospera's mask was more explicitly a, like, hey, look, we're doing a you-know-who-this-is-but-you-don't-know-who-it-is thing. I like uh, the, like... If she ends up being what this is like, you know, for, for, I don't know why you'd listen to this if you don't give a shit about Gundam, but like, just in case, you know, I, 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 you're certainly welcome here. I just would be surprised. Um, they're clearly doing the, like the signals of like what, you know, we, we tend to call a shark clone, right? Yes. Um, and if Lady Prospera, aka Eldora is a shark clone who never fights, that's so much more interesting than the usual take. I am really than every shark clone. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's very heavy handed, but I do really like it when she like rips off her arm and throws it to some, throws it to a dude in the, in the assembly being like, here, hold this, hold the weight of how fucked up my life is to make her point. It's very good. 
that that's another reason I think it's her is because in that prologue. Oh yeah, that's her. We arm. got yeah, it, it's her. But like it's we got uh, a sense that uh, what was the mom's name again? El, uh, Eldora. 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 Uh, is like a a headstrong person and like yeah she grew out her hair and maybe like dyed it or whatever but otherwise that's Eldora top to bottom no one's hiding that just like you know every like the original Char and and him in uh, Zeta Gundam you know who that is it's not meant to be a secret to the viewer okay so you're actually you're right it is Elnora I am conflating it with the setting of Build Divers Rerise which is the planet Whoa. Eldora. <laughs> Whoa. You know what? I don't feel like I'll try and do better, but I don't feel guilty for making that mistake. <laughs> no, I understand 100%. Elnora. Yeah, you were right. You were right. Um, Her taking the mat, the hand off was badass. It was, it was good. And I, I like, I would like her to be a more active participant, right? In, in episode one, we got the sense that she'll just kind of be in the background. But if we see her making political moves, that's interesting. I also think this is so it like uh they're making the metaphor really explicit because like in the 90s especially people realized that you can map the way people talk about mobile suits to the way we talk about drones. Right. And for her to be like guys, I have this great new program. It's really helping us out so that we don't lose more bodies on Mercury. It's called drones. I think you should keep the mobile suits around. It's like they're just the same thing now. We don't even talk about them separately. Like they they both exist in universe, but they're called the same. They they are the same thing functionally. Uh, what if you could use something that does the labor for you or does the war for you, and your body didn't have to suffer for it? And I think it's just like image, like middle school level of metaphor right there. <laughs> well, and speaking of which, we even get the. Uh, I feel like actually this is this is the point of hmm. Now you're making me think. Mm. Um, Good. It, this is the one bit of the uh, post credit scene that was worth it, is one line where they say they're activating the AI mobile suits, and you're like, oh, mobile yeah. dolls are here. Got it. And so... Decision-making extension AI. Is this going to be the divide is, like, gun format as far as, like, literally making your fate and your body and your health tied to that of the mobile suit versus drones? Is that going yeah. to be the thing? I think they're going to do mobile dolls again. I think Gundam Wing tried it and like kind of doesn't do much with it. Like, or you know, it does as much as it can, but it's a it's a show do, doing so many things. I want this to be, yeah, like the conflict between doll, uh, drone mobile suits and piloted mobile suits, and how you just can't match up to putting a real person in the thing. And then it's like, well, why did we make drones if we're just going to say that people are better anyways, huh? And like kind of dig into that. Uh, quandary and then also it it makes delling more of a hypocrite right because you have his whole speech yeah. about like listen when when people kill other people that's war and that's awful but when people kill each other and themselves that's a curse but when robots kill everyone that's great that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what i want that's the that's the stuff because that's like the stuff that every other gundam show has let me down with is they hint at it and then they don't do anything with it so mm-hmm Again, it, similar to the queer stuff, I'm going to hold my breath a little bit, but I'm I am optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason Gundam has let you down on that is that I mean, most non non Tomino Gundam has been made by people who don't have. I'm not going to say they're stupid, but they're not trying to make really thoughtful shows mostly. Yeah. And then Tomino doesn't think this is a conversation. Tomino is like, yeah, robots are made by people, and people are shitty. 
So the Done. robots are Easy. shitty. What like robots aren't extra shitty because they're robots. Come on, man. It's like okay, yeah. yeah. All right, all right, Domino, got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just really hate anyone over the age of sixteen. I get it. <laughs> That's okay. We get. I, I I totally get it, pal. Go to your go back to the old folks home. I want to make that last shot of this episode my uh, my new wallpaper. Though, like the splash shot at the end with the Haro and the two girls looking at each other. Oh, I was like the. Not the red Doing the buzzsaw? <laughs> no, I mean maybe. I mean maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, listen, if I can get like a high res. If they're gonna give a mobile suit like Virgil Double May Cry's spiral swords, I'm interested. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's all I have for this one. Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing is uh, this is probably just them making a really heavy-handed shout out in a way, but I- I'm sure it didn't pass you by. That at the start of the scene where Miorine is like angry and gets like gets the text from her father and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, we get in the background an announcement that uh, they are taking measures to prevent an infectious spread of SV twenty nine. SV twenty nine. SV twenty nine is meaningless. the The point is they're making a fucking COVID analog in their show. Oh <laughs> no! And like. Maybe this won't be a thing. Maybe they're just like, hey, we're living through a pandemic, and so we want to, like, make the setting feel more real by having, you know, like, the concept of of an infectious disease spreading or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm like, huh. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) I really hope they don't do that. I thought you were going to reference the fact that they made the tomato comment again early in this episode. I mean, that, like, if... If I didn't know more about anime production, if I was if I was new to this, I would feel like they were responding to memes. But like this is made too far in advance for that. Way too far in advance. <laughs> if it comes back a third time, I'm gonna start reading into it. But right now, it's just like you can, yeah. Tomatoes are referenced twice. What are a tomatoes? What are the tomatoes a metaphor for, Alan? What do they represent? Lesbian sex. Because she bites it. Okay, I get it. No wait. <laughs> <laughs> Because she hands her it. She's like, here's my tomato. I'm going to hand you some lesbian sex. Here we go. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. That's not how metaphors work, you dinkus. (laughs) This mobile suit is an extension of the body. So it's your body then? Wait, (laughs) so when does it sleep? (laughs) Yeah, does it... Can the Gundam poop? Does it have a period too? <laughs> All right, we're done. What's this? Hold on. Anno's taking furious notes. He's like, wait, 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 write this down, write this down. God. Don't do Shin this. Shin Ultraman to me. 2 is going to be awesome. I already, listen, I, I already got the one gift that Evangelion, you know, 3.0 could give me, which is not caring about Evangelion anymore. Don't try and make me think about Anno again. Yeah, no. I will not do that to you. Oh, a Gunbuster. That's a good lesbian anime. Gunbuster's good. It's really good. Diebuster though. Eh, I don't there was something re- recently that gave me big Gunbuster vibes. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was the Our show, friendship? but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, you know I what it was? Like Diebuster. Sorry, controversial opinion. Go ahead. I think it was uh, in the first episode when we had everyone like at the school getting into their mobile suits to walk around for class. That's big Gunbuster vibes. Oh yes, absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. we're gonna exercise in our mobile suits. That's Gunbuster. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I want to see mobile suit doing push-ups. I want to see a mobile suit doing like the like inverted like sit-ups where like they hook their legs on the bar and do like sit-ups Ooh, upward. Sure. I want to see a mobile suit do a one-inch punch. All right, 
Mm-hmm. Alan. Yes, six. It's the end of the podcast. Where can people find you on the internet and places like that? You can hear me on another podcast. It's called Chats, colon, a television podcast. That's C-H-A-T-Z. You can find it wherever you listen to the podcast. And it's a, fr- a podcast where my friend Magellan and I watch two episodes of a TV show every week together. And you can watch along with us and hear us make funny jokes. We are starting our coverage of Sense8 very soon. We've been watching that. Um, and we're going to be talking about it. And we also do Should You Watch, which is where we watch new television shows sort of like this and talk about them. Uh, holistically, and if you should add them to your queue, as well as Trek Chats, where every three months we are, as first-time Trek watchers, discovering Star Trek The Next Generation. So uh, we do a lot of podcasts over there, and they can all be found uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, or chatspod.com if you're nasty. And chats are, like, y'all have been doing this for a while. One thing you'll notice at chats is that it is possible to listen to the episode without having seen the show and be able to keep the thread not something we're That's big good. on around here, but uh, yeah, yeah. Magellan and Alan know their shit. Um, oh golly! What about you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at six detmar s i x d e t t m a r. That's where uh, my DMs are open, so you can send any feedback for Scanline Media that you have. Um, I'm also uh, the with the big people behind uh, ScanlineMedia.com and Patreon.com/ScanlineMedia. And if you like this show, I bet you would like Mechanist NG. I mean, honestly, I bet if you like this show, you're already listening to Mechanist NG because it's one of our most popular shows. But it's a show mm-hmm. where we just talk about mobile suit design and we have a lot of fun. And also sometimes not mobile suit design, sometimes Chris Jericho design. <laughs> Wait. Did you miss the Chris Jericho part? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is that's, We'll talk off the air, but yeah. Uh, not that much about his design, mostly about his elbow. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. The Judas effect. <laughs> Come on, dog. Oh, I mean, I, I literally watch wrestling and I see Chris Jericho on my TV every week and I don't know the references. He has a band called Judas. He has a song called Judas. Well, okay. That's his, well, that's his entrance well, music. Oh, I guess, we'll I guess they that. probably, I guess once he joined AAW, they, AEW, they probably changed the name of that move. Anyway, um, until next time, folks, peace out. Bye-bye.